For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with me for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. All of my fantasy baseball content goes out over there from my evening threads to these shows Monday through Friday and my weekend articles. So go ahead, check everything out on Twitter at JoeOrico99. Also, if you missed yesterday's show, Dalton Daldon from Yahoo Sports was on. We were talking about the Sunday Fab Run. Some good players to add for the stretch. And we even talked a little bit about Curb Your Enthusiasm. So go ahead, check out yesterday's show. I know it dropped a little bit later in the day. And this is something that I kind of debated. Should I drop an episode in the morning and then save Dalton's episode for today? I figured that I would just wait and put out the episode a little bit later because we were talking about pickups from Sunday, the Fab Run, which... I mean, you can still do on Tuesday, you can still talk about it, but I think it's a little better to do it the day after, uh, start the week off with some players to add. So I'm sorry for you guys who are used to having the show a little bit earlier than yesterday. That will not be a regular thing. It was just, you know, time zones and working out the proper time. So I think it made sense, but it won't be something that will happen a lot going forward, uh, a show being posted that late. So my apologies if you are someone who listens earlier in the day or whatever and you couldn't. That's on me. Uh, won't happen again. We are going to be looking at the usual stuff here that we do when we don't have a guest on. We'll look back on yesterday's top performers. We'll look at a couple of matchups today. There is one in particular that I think everybody is aware of already, but if not, we will touch on that. We will go through the waiver wire as well and talk about some of the more added and dropped players today. I find that that's pretty helpful for those of you guys in daily changes leagues to see who's being churned over who are players that you can be dropping? Who are the hot ads? We'll do that a little bit later on. But let's start off with yesterday. So I think it's a good place to start with Andres Jimenez. And really not much fantasy-wise you can do here. He's already rostered everywhere. I just think he deserves some appreciation. So they had a doubleheader yesterday. Uh, yesterday The Guardians did against Detroit. He went four for eight across the course of the day. He homered in both halves of the doubleheader, and he drove in five runs. Now, for the season, I, I was wrong about him. I didn't think that he'd be able to keep this up. I remember at the beginning of the year, a couple people asking, saying, what should I do with Jimenez? Is he uh, you know, someone I should be adding? And I remember saying, I don't think so. I don't think this is something that's really going to sustain. I think the Guardians have kind of surprised as a whole, but I think Jimenez might be their most impressive offensive piece other than Jose Ramirez. I think that's a pretty fair statement. I've been a huge Josh Naylor fan as well, but Jimenez really has produced across the board here. He has 47 runs, 14 homers, 56 driven in, 15 steals, and a 312 batting average. He is the 44th ranked player in standard 5x5 head-to-head. 
That's incredible, really. That is incredible for a player like Jimenez, who was free, essentially, uh, pickup at the beginning of the year. Second base, we've talked about this quite a bit. You guys all know this. Second base sucks. Uh, Jonathan India recently went out again. We've seen inconsistency from, you know, Max Muncy. Ozzy Albies was out for most of the year now. It's a hard position to lock down. And if you were able to scoop up Jimenez and have him as your second baseman for probably most of the year now, he's been, uh, he's been rostered for, you know, going back to, I think it was May when he really started to pick up the, uh, or when the ad started to pick up for him. There's really no one else. Oh, there's maybe a couple other players if you really dig deep, but a guy who's just been a waiver wire addition and he's been a five-category contributor. That's pretty rare. Uh, Jimenez is going to be someone who I'm interested to see where he gets drafted next season because you have to figure somewhere in the top 100, late top 100 there, maybe maybe in between 90 and 110, I think, is probably the range we're going to see him go in most places. I'm not sure exactly what you know how much that will change in these last few weeks. He's shown that he can do this for most of a season. He's got 340 at-bats, so it's not like a full, full season, but he's got 20-20 in him this year. It's possible. Five more steals, six more home runs. It's definitely in the cards. Uh, obviously, there's really, like I said, not many places to be adding him, but 83% rostered. I thought he'd even be a little bit higher than that. I think there's probably some 10-teamers where he's just sitting on the waiver wire still. I, I, I feel like he's must-roster absolutely everywhere. That 83 should really be closer to 90-plus. I know there's going to be some leagues where there's – not so much activity going on anymore, but Jimenez is definitely someone who should still be seeing a little bit of a bump in his percentage here as we hit the final couple weeks. He's gone up 1% from last week. I imagine that will still go up and he'll probably end the year closer to 90%. That would be my guess. His teammate Aaron Savali also had a really strong day against the Tigers. He threw six innings, gave up three hits, one earned run, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. He had a 45% CSW. You do have to take it with a grain of salt because it is the Tigers. Savali is kind of up and down. Uh, he's never been a big strikeout guy, so this is, you know, uh, he's facing a poor lineup. He did his job. Uh, good for him. But I wouldn't really be rushing to add him because of this start. He's had a couple in a row here against the Tigers. He's done his job, but I don't see so much, uh, so much need here to be grabbing him today. Maybe if you just look ahead and at his schedule, there might be a couple of starts where you'd feel pretty confident streaming him in, but he's not a must-roster player. He had a fantastic day. His curveball was ridiculous. He had a 69% whiff on the curve, 64% CSW. I'm just really not quite there on him in terms of a must-add. I think there will be some times where you can stream him in, and he'll be a deeper league guy who's been added a little bit today, sure, uh, but if you're in a standard 10, 12-team league, I, I don't think that you need to be adding Savali. I think that there's probably some better options out there. We talked about Aaron Ashby yesterday. There are guys with higher strikeout upside who I trust a lot more down the stretch. So I'm going to be leaving him on waivers as impressive as he was uh, in yesterday's outing. Let's talk about Josiah Gray for a second here. He did a really good job against the Cubbies, going six innings, striking out 10, allowing three earned runs, walking two, and also allowing five base hits. Now, for the season, he's still got a 4.79 ERA. The whip isn't terrible at 1.29. I see him as being someone who is going to be uh, talked about a lot next season. I think he'll make a big jump. He had a couple of starts last year. He's been in the majors the whole year this season. I don't think he's been down at all. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's been in the, in the majors all year. And, you know, what we've seen from him is elite strikeout upside mixed with some control issues, uh, some long ball issues. 
I think that he's going to be a stud, and next year he'll be a sleeper. Later in drafts, that you should really remember Josiah Gray. He's going to be one of those guys that some people will be talking about, but, I mean, the fact that he plays for the Nationals is probably going to drive some people away. They're not going to be so competitive, but I think that he can really be one of those. I'm trying to think of who I compare him with for this season. It's hard to draw, like, a proper comp, but I could see him putting up, like, Spencer Strider-type numbers next season once he gets a little bit more comfortable. Obviously, a Strider is was more impressive what he's done here in his first in his first stretch of time in the big leagues, but I think that Gray can be just as good. I really do. I, I would this season is probably not going to happen so much. There's the odd time where he, you know, he's playing the Cubs and you want to stream him in, sure. Uh, he can do well in those outings. He has done it twice in a row now. Uh, you know, three earned runs last night, two earned runs the night before. The strikeouts kind of were low for a little while there, but in these good matchups, uh, I'm really looking to stream him uh, later in the season here. Now, obviously, there's going to be some tougher ones as well where you're probably going to be leaving him alone. Like I said, he gives up a lot of home runs. The control is still a problem, but he can be a huge strikeout kind of streamer given uh, the right matchup here. So remember him uh, going forward and also for next season. Keep him in the back of your head. I think he's going to be really undervalued. Ronald Acuna had three doubles, two runs, and three RBIs yesterday. A lot of people have been talking about him, how, oh, they're worried about the power and this and that. He's still producing. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a little bit concerning, but all of the stat cast metrics are excellent still. He's still 80th percentile or higher in pretty much everything. 10 home runs in 316 at-bats is not what you'd expect from him, but you also wouldn't have expected him to steal 25 bases in this amount of time either. So it's a give and a take. I think next season he'll be right back to being Ronald Acuna Jr. that we know, that 40-40 type of player. I, I'm not worried here. I, I've seen some people talk about, uh, you know, maybe the power's not really there. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. I think a lot of people will be taking him first overall in drafts next season, especially with the Fernando Tatis news, which we talked about briefly yesterday, but maybe we'll touch on a little bit again. I think that it'll be Acuna or probably Julio Rodriguez at this point going number one. It's, it's really crazy that Julio came from nowhere. Now he's probably going to be, like, definitely going to be a first-round pick. But could he could really sneak into that 1.1 spot there, especially with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. out. Let's talk about that for a quick second here. Now, all the shit going on around Tatis with his dad trying to say that it's, it's horrible that this happened to his kid and, I think it was his mom who put out a picture of the medication he was taking, and then everybody was like, that's not the right medication that you're that you're claiming for whatever illness you're attributing this to because of a haircut or some bullshit. Enough is enough already. I don't know why they go through this shit. Um, you know, I understand protecting your name and your legacy, but you also have to realize, like, you were caught, man. Like, I, I don't think that this is going to be something where he's exonerated from. He's already been through the appeal process, and... Did not bear any fruit. He did this. Uh, and from what I understand, from listening to people, I think it was Bogman and Welsh were talking about this on their show yesterday. It's not a drug that you take to build muscle mass. It's a type that's going to help you recover from an injury. So there is a slight difference, I think, to be made there. He's not just taking this, you know, for the hell of it. He was taking it to try and get back on the field. The irony is now, obviously, that he won't be on the field for even longer it just it just sucks. I was I was away this weekend. I was up north, uh, northern Ontario, at a friend's cottage, and I got that news flash. And it just you, you can't even really fathom it. Like someone at his age doing this, it, it's awful for the game of baseball. Really, I mean, I, some people are saying, "Oh, baseball is you know nobody's going to watch baseball." Blah, blah blah. Like people have been watching baseball this year. There hasn't been any Tatis at all this season. Uh, 
it's just disappointing. It's it's truly disappointing for somebody who should really be the face of baseball. He's going to miss this entire season, not play a single game. He's going to come back next year. I I forget exactly how many games he'll miss next year, like 40-something maybe. Ah, man. He's still going to be drafted pretty high. I think he's probably still going to be a top 50 pick next season. But this is something that for the future – Hall of Fame voters will think about, oh, yeah, remember back when he did this? You know, that, that kind of thing sticks with people. It's it's not good. It's really uh, It was a really upsetting so, uh, story to hear, honestly. I, I don't know why they keep trying to bullshit. I, you know, they're trying to protect his life. Okay, like, we know what he did. Uh, you guys tried to put information out there. It was false. It was not correct. You guys should have done your research better if you're going to try – and lie about it because that's really what it looks like. You guys just look like liars at this point. It's, oh man, I'm 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 really upset about it. Honestly, like if I don't think about it, it's just kind of like okay, whatever. But when I start to talk about it and really get into it, it's really a a stupid boneheaded move for Tatis. Unbelievable week for or unbelievable couple of weeks for the Padres. Just suddenly mixed emotions. We talked about this with Dalton a little bit. You get Juan Soto in, now you're losing Tatis, and you acquire Josh Hader, and now he looks brutal. And we also have Drury and Bell, so there's like a lot of good and also a little bit ugly as well uh, with the Padres. I really am curious where Tatis will go in drafts next season. Dynasty, he's still probably a top five or seven player. I'm not the most tuned in with Dynasty, but I'm sure he'll drop a few spots, but I can't see him dropping out of the top five or ten. In terms of redraft, probably he'll go in the – Top 50 somewhere would be my safe guess right now. 30, 40-ish. Uh, that that would be where I'd roughly expect him. Anyway, let's get back to talking about yesterday's players. I feel like that did need to be addressed a little bit, though. It really sucks. But we'll talk now about Johnny Cueto. Again, he did it. I don't understand. He keeps doing this. Eight innings, three strikeouts, one earned run, one walk, and six hits. Also hit a batter against Houston. He's going eight strong against the Astros. Now, the thing with him for this last decent stretch uh, has been, oh, he's playing terrible opponents. And that has been a fairly valid argument for most of it. Before this game, Kansas City, Texas, Oakland, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit, Minnesota, the Angels, Baltimore. You, it's a fair point that he hasn't had the strength, or the strongest uh, strength of opponent, I should say. If you look back at his last time out against Houston, it was on June 18th. He went seven innings, gave up two hits, and struck out five. Uh, against Toronto, he went six innings, allowed three earned runs. Against the Dodgers, six innings, three earned runs. Uh, the Yankees, six innings, zero earned runs. He's doing this against poor teams, but he's doing it against good teams too. It's one of the more improbable stories of the season, I think. He's pitching to a 278 ERA with a 1.20 whip. It's something that you know you feel like this has an expiration date that'll probably be sometime in the next couple of weeks. I wouldn't expect Johnny Cueto to be... You know, keeping this up for, I mean, it, it's even as I say that, it's like, well, why not, though? Uh, it's just been one of those crazy runs where the statistics don't really back it up. If you look at the advanced stats and the XFIP and left on base and everything else, you're like, eh, I don't really know that I'm going to trust this. And I, I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't be rushing to add Johnny Cueto. But part of me wonders if maybe, you know, he's just doing something that the advanced stats don't pick up on and He's just really been good and undervalued. Uh, he's not winning a hell of a lot of games. He's got five wins, only one in the last month. But good ratios. He's going deep into games. I think I'd remember him as a streamer in a lot of cases here uh, going forward. There's obviously going to be times where there's better options and times where there's worse options. 
But Johnny Cueto, uh, right now anyway, he warrants a streaming spot, I think, in all kind of standard leagues. If he's a deeper league ad, and I, I wouldn't be rushing to get him on your 12-team rosters, or especially even 10-team rosters, but I would definitely remember him uh, on low-volume streaming days or when he has a really good matchup uh, the rest of the season here. Let's talk about Vinny P himself, the Italian breakfast. He homered again last night. That makes five over his last six games. Over the last week, he is the number one ranked fantasy player. 11 for 25, seven runs, five homers, eight ribbies, 440 batting average. He's still only 35% rostered on Yahoo and 16 on ESPN now. The good news is that people have started adding him overnight here. Well, good, depending on if you have him or not already. Uh, so when I wrote my thread last night talking about, you know, players to add, he was number one, Pasquantino. He was 30% on Yahoo and 11 on ESPN. So he's jumped up 5 6% on both formats. He's a must-roster player the, the rest of the season as far as I can see it here. The power numbers are great. The walk numbers really good. Uh, I was talking about his July and August numbers. We've seen, like, everything has doubled. Uh, the, well, pretty much anyway. The batting average was 230. Now it's 360. Uh, he's got five home runs in August already where he had three in July. WRC Plus is well over 200 in August. In July, it was only 91. He needs to be on every single roster, I think 10 teams and deeper. Maybe uh, 10-team standard Yahoo where you just have one first base slot. Maybe he doesn't fit in there. But you know, if you're starting to have any more flexibility on your roster with corner infield, middle infield, five outfielder, those kind of formats, Vinny P should absolutely be there, no question for me. Over the last month, he's 26 for 85 with a 306 batting average. He seems to have figured it out, and you should really be adding him if you need a bit of a boost in power. And even with batting average, uh, he's been really solid recently. So I, I would be going and adding him pretty much in every situation, points, category, roto, head-to-head, whatever you play. Uh, Vinny should be on your roster. Alex Cobb, let's talk about him for a second. I've been one of his biggest fans all season, and he's got the ERA under four now. Finally, it's at 3.99. Feel a little bit vindicated on Alex Cobb because I've said this many times. This is the hill that I will happily die on is the Alex Cobb hill. The numbers were so strong for the first, really, all of the season. I mean, the strikeout numbers have tailed off a bit from what we saw early on. But all of the advanced metrics were telling us that Alex Cobb was going to turn around and he has. Last night, he went six innings. He struck out five. He had one earned run. The walks, admittedly, still a bit of an issue. He walked three, and he allowed five hits. But over the last month, 372 ERA, uh, he's really settled in. He's had a couple of rough starts still against the Dodgers uh, recently, which is bound to happen. You know, it's, it's the Dodgers. And even the last one wasn't terrible. I mean, it's three walks still. The walks, like I said, the walks are something that wasn't really a problem before, but they've started to become one recently. Uh, double digit or double digit multiple walks in all three of his last starts and four of his last five here he still needs to be added all of that regardless he still needs to be on your roster good strikeout numbers the wins have kind of been hard to come by but they should start to you know the luck should start to correct itself a little bit more as we head into this final stretch he was really the unluckiest player in all of baseball for the first half starting to see some correction there he should not be available really in any leagues i have him in I have more shares of Alex Cobb than I think of any other player in fantasy this season, to be honest with you. It's Cobb and Francisco Lindor. Those guys I have tons of shares on. Cobb is still 42% rostered on Yahoo. Go ahead and pick him up. Him and Aaron Ashby are still sitting in that like 40% or less range. They have fantastic strikeout upside, specifically Ashby there. 
Ashby's only 26% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Not to go off here, this was about Cobb, but both of them really, I don't see any pitchers uh, who are better at, who are more widely available than these two guys. You might get lucky in the odd league and find somebody who shouldn't be on the waiver wire. But in terms of your, your majority of leagues, uh, Ashby and Cobb are the two pitchers that I'm really trying to add here down the stretch run. I think they have the potential to be, I know this is thrown around, but league winners, specifically Aaron Ashby. 26% rostered? Dalton was saying this yesterday, too. It doesn't make any sense. He needs to be added, like, yesterday. Let's keep this going now. We will talk about some of the more added and dropped players across fantasy. I find this helpful for daily changes players. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. I mean, weekly changes leagues, you set the lineup, and then everything gets kind of figured out again on the weekend. Daily changes leagues, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot more active uh, fantasy managers throughout the week that are scooping up value. So I like to go through this once a day, and we'll just talk about uh, briefly some of the guys who are being added and dropped. So Vinny Pasquantino, he is number one. We talked about him already. I think that he should be rostered in pretty much every single league. He's the number one player over the last week, 19 over the last two weeks. He's batting over 300 for the last month, and he seems to really have figured it out. That power stroke looks really solid. I mean... Sometimes he'll hit the ball, and you're like, oh, that's going to be like lazy fly ball, and it just soars. The same thing with O'Neal Cruz. You, you don't realize how powerful these guys are until you see how far the ball travels. It, you don't notice it from their swing, usually. You see it when you notice how far uh, how far these home runs are going. Vinny is definitely somebody that I would be uh, adding here. Let's talk about Justin Steele now for a couple of minutes. He gets the Nationals tonight, and he's already been hot coming into this one. So he's definitely the best widely available streamer you're going to find. He's 28% rostered over on Yahoo. Over his last 19 and a third innings, he has 27 strikeouts and a 140 ERA. This matchup is really the reason why you're adding him. He's also been pretty strong recently uh, the last two games. Ten strikeouts and nine strikeouts. This is the second consecutive game against the Nationals. So sometimes that makes me worry a little bit, but that lineup is really brutal out there. So I'm, I'd be all in on adding Justin Steele here for, uh, for a stream against Washington. Jose Quintana is also being added up here for a stream against the Rockies. He's been pretty good recently over his last 24 and two-thirds innings. He has 21 strikeouts and a 1.09 ERA. Colorado's an okay lineup. I mean, they can rake pretty well at home, and there's a couple of decent hitters in that lineup regardless of where they are. I'm okay with a stream here for Quintana. I'd prefer to get Steele if you can, but I think um, I think Quintana's an okay option. Not, not my favorite. If I had to choose one way or the other, I'd probably just say, Leave him alone, but if you're if you're desperate, if you have maybe no limit on your ads, I don't have much of a problem with it. Joey Menezes, Menezes, I'm actually not sure how this one is pronounced. The first base slash outfielder for the Washington Nationals. He's had 39 at bats, hit five home runs, drove in seven. I think he's okay. I mean, this isn't something that you know. This isn't a massive breakout we're gonna see here. He's 30 years old. He's been pretty hot. If you want to add him in as a you know one of those streamers I talk about where you rotate them in and out of your lineup, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't expect this to be a, like a long-term savior kind of situation here. If you're going to add him, he's probably going to end up being dropped in the next week or so. Jose Suarez, he's being added up quite a bit, and he's had a couple of really good outings in a row, has not given up an earned run over his last 17 and a third. I'm not sold on uh, on a stream here. I think there are a couple of better options, and he's due for some regression I wouldn't expect another scoreless outing here. So I'm going to be passing on Jose Suarez for the most part. I don't think it's really necessary. Nick Pavetta has been added up quite a bit. What a roller coaster it's been for Nick Pavetta. He actually, at this point, has a 4.51 ERA. You wouldn't have even known that he was one of the stronger pickups in fantasy there for a while. 
being added tonight ahead of his start against the Pirates, and I do think that there is a decent, uh, decent little streaming option here. He struggled recently, no question, but I think that I trust him against that weak Pirates lineup more than I would trust, say, a Jose Suarez. There's more strikeout upside with Pavetta, a uh, bit of a better lineup around Pavetta as well. <clears throat> so he's the one that I'm going to be taking here for sure. Mike Soroka has been added up quite a bit. He's going to be starting a rehab assignment. I would expect that he'll maybe get a one, two starts in down the stretch. I don't think that they're going to, you know, push him here unnecessarily. He's going to start at high A. Maybe he'll make one in double A, one in triple A. I'm not really sure exactly what the plan is. I would say he's a luxury stash, not the someone that you have to be adding by far from a must roster player. But if you have room on your injured list, uh, you know, or maybe even on your bench, if you're like a first place team and you got one spot that you don't really care about so much, Soroka, I think, is a decent ad here. Not somebody that I'd be rushing to go and get, but if you can afford it, uh, makes for a decent little stash option. Edward Cabrera still being added here. Uh, he's up to 50% or, or 49%, just shy of 50% here on Yahoo. He starts against San Diego. Is that tonight or tomorrow? That is tonight. So a little bit of a harder opponent than what he's had uh, the last couple times out in Philly and Chicago. I'm interested to see what he can do here. I would be adding him up. It's, it's, it's a tough one, but I think I'd be starting him here. He's shown great promise over these last couple outings. And really, throughout the course of the season, 26 and a third innings is not a big sample size, but a 2.05 ERA, a 1.03 whip, and plus strikeout numbers. Uh, you'll take that any day. He shouldn't be available on any waiver wires. Let's talk about some of the drops. Walker Bueller is number one. They announced he's going to have season-ending elbow surgery. Uh, it'll be a week from today, actually, next Tuesday. Now, they haven't said what the surgery is, and they're kind of keeping this one a little bit close. Uh, he had surgery in June to remove the bone spur, and he has a flexor strain. Now, the Dodgers, I'm reading this from Yahoo's site, the Dodgers didn't specify what kind of procedure he'll have, which could indicate they're not sure exactly what he'll need repaired. If it's Tommy John, would likely knock him out all of next season. we got to hope it's not Tommy John, that he can return some point, hopefully before next season. Uh, really, there's not much you can do here this season, but he has to be dropped, right? He, there's no point holding on. Uh, we've seen 18% drop from yesterday, which is what you'd like to see, but there's still 68% of teams who are wasting a spot holding on to Walker Bueller. It's, it's very hard to let go of him. I had to do it in a lot of places. I did it a while ago in most places, and then there were a couple of places where I was just stashing him, hoping that he would come back. He's been dropped everywhere by me, and he sh you should really be dropping him absolutely everywhere there's no return you're wasting a spot at this point so go ahead and pick up somebody else Carlos Carrasco he has been dropped quite a bit he's got some tightness in his left side and he also had a pretty poor outing against the Braves yesterday he's still done a very good job for the season uh, we got to really see what happens with this uh, injury if he goes on the IL might be a little difficult here. We're getting to the point of the season where guys head on the IL and they're going to start to become auto drops. We're not quite there yet, but I think in the next week or so, if someone goes on an, I, on an IL stint, 15 days, and a seven-day IL is a little different. We're talking players, position players versus pitchers. It's a little bit different. He's going to have an MRI today to determine the extent of the damage might lead to an IL stint. I'd be holding on just to make sure, you know, maybe there's just – it's possible they're just saying that it might be an IL stint. I'm not really sure. I, I would just say hold on until we really know uh, for sure with Carrasco because he's been very valuable this season, pitching for a good team. We all know this. 13 wins, a sub-4 ERA, uh, pretty much a strikeout per inning guy, 
Uh, he's not somebody that I would have dropped immediately. I understand it if you really need the spot, but I would be trying to hold on where I can just to see uh, the extent of this injury. Alex Cobb has been dropped uh, more than 2,000 leagues today. I feel this one personally. It hurts me in my soul. I don't know why people are doing it. I love Alex Cobb. I think that he should be added in pretty much every single standard size 12-team-plus league. Uh, if he was dropped, go ahead and pick him up. It's really stupid of me that people really undervalue this guy the entire season. Uh, it's, it's gone on the whole year. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I, if he's dropped in your league, go ahead and pick him up. He has absolutely earned it. Marcus Stroman had not a great day yesterday. Four runs. They were all unearned, but it was against the Nationals. Uh, there was some bad defense behind him as well. I'm not sold really on Marcus Stroman. I got into a fight earlier in the year, actually, on Twitter with uh, a Blue Jays Twitter account. Uh, every every fan base has their own tons of accounts talking about, you know, whatever to do with the team. And there was a guy with a Blue Jays account who was completely fanboying on Marcus Stroman saying, oh, he's brilliant. He's a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball. and Or maybe it wasn't top 10. I think he said top 12 or top 15. But it was something absurd like that. And I usually leave things alone on Twitter. I don't usually push back. I, I'm trying to avoid getting into fights, you know, just try and pr- look out there like a professional image kind of thing, I guess. But that was one time this season. There's only been really two where I've been like, I'm going to push back on this. I don't really understand where you're coming from. He's coming off a very good season last year. Yes, uh, he went to a far worse team with a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark. I, I was never a big Marcus Stroman fan to begin with here. I just was, I was, I can't remember exactly the arguments. I wish I could remember exactly what we were saying back and forth, but this went on for like a whole evening uh, comparing players and all this shit. And he was, I think he had some stat, like going back two years, he's allowed less earned runs than Corbin Burns or, or so it was some weird cherry picked stat. It was some bullshit like that. And I remember just being like, if you want to think Marcus Stroman is a top 15 starting pitcher, fantasy, real life, whatever, um, then I got I got a bridge to sell you, right? It's not it's not the case. I like him all right. It's definitely not great when you have a poor outing like that against the Nationals. Granted, there was some bad defense and the runs were unearned, so he didn't really hurt you from a fantasy perspective. I don't think he really helped you that much from a fantasy perspective either this season. I mean, 84 innings, he's got three wins, 78 strikeouts, which is it's okay for the amount of innings he's pitched. Uh, 396 ERA and 1.18 WHIP is fine. I just don't see him as such a must-roster player like a lot of people view him as. 60% rostered still. I view him as more of an advantageous streamer in a lot of cases. There are deeper leagues where you just need to have warm bodies on the mound. Absolutely, you keep him in those leagues. Standard 10 and 12-team leagues, I think you can more than be safely go ahead uh, and switch him out for one of the guys we mentioned earlier, Cobb or Ashby, or even like if he's still available, Reed Detmers, Edward Cabrera. There's a lot of people I'd rather have uh, over Marcus Stroman. Let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi for a second. He sucks, okay? He's, he's awful. I, I don't usually say that. I don't know if I've said it this season, really, about many players. But Yusei Kikuchi is a dreadful pitcher. He is just – he had a good little stretch last season. He made the All-Star game somehow. And everybody's thinking, oh, he's an All-Star. Well, Paul Blackburn was an All-Star this season, and Dylan Cease wasn't. Just, just to put it in perspective there, what, what All-Star game appearances really mean. Yet another horrible outing, this again against the Orioles. And four of his last five outings have been against poor teams. Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore's not a poor team, but they're a poorer team. They're not, you know, 
I know they're having a good run right now, but they're still the Orioles. They're not like a stacked team. Oh, let's be honest here. Two straight bad innings against them. A mediocre one against Tampa. An all right one against Detroit. Shitful one against Oakland. He's just not been able to get it done at all this season. A 525 ERA, a 152 whip. The strikeouts have been fine. The strikeouts have been pretty okay when he's been able to go deep. He's got 91 of them and 82 in a third innings. He is as close to a must-drop player as I have seen this season, really. I mean, you're just excluding injuries and everything else. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi is, is uh, maybe it's just because I'm in Toronto and I see these starts and I just watch the hard contact by hitters who aren't really supposed to be hitting the ball hard uh, against him. No location, no, no, there's just nothing. There's just nothing going on with Kikuchi. I don't even know that he'll be in the rotation going forward. The Blue Jays really needed to add a starter at the deadline, and they really dropped the ball. Oh, man. I, I could really get fired up about the Blue Jays. Maybe at some point I'll start a Blue Jays podcast. I think that's a, within the cards uh, for sure at some point here at Sports Ethos. So I can just bitch and vent about these Blue Jays to other Blue Jay fans who want to hear about this. I know not most of you guys are probably from other places. There's, I'm sure there's a few from Toronto, maybe even more so than other places, just because, you know, I know people from Toronto and whatnot, but I, I know you guys don't want to hear me just go on and on and on. But if you do still have Kikuchi in any of your leagues, any formats, he is droppable. He is beyond droppable. There are probably 20 pitchers off the top of my head who are widely available that I would rather have. I'd rather have like Marco Gonzalez at this point than you say Kikuchi. Like, it's really, really a, a short list of players that I would take Kikuchi over. He's just terrible. I doubt that he stays in the rotation the rest of the season. I really do. But if, if you still have him, do yourself a favor and drop him. He's just brutal. 20% of Yahoo League, or yeah, 20% of Yahoo Leagues. And ESPN yesterday, it was like in the mid-30s. I wonder if it's dropped off at all. You have to assume it did a little bit. 34% still over on ESPN. Guys, get, get him off your teams. He's just making them worse. He is making them far worse. Let's now talk about, well, one more player, actually, who's been dropped a little bit. Fernando Tatis Jr. Gone down 13%. He's still 49% rostered, okay? We're not going to get into the whole Tatis thing again, and maybe this is denial. Maybe this is whatever. Drop Tatis. It's okay. I know, I know you've held out the whole year, and I know that it's, it's going to hurt to hit that drop button. But at this point, he is just a total waste of space on your roster. You know, he is just as valuable this season as Adalberto Mondesi. Adalberto Mondesi this season actually had more value than Fernando Tatis Jr. As awful as it's like nails on a chalkboard to hear that kind of thing. But it's the facts. Uh, 50, 49% of leagues here on Yahoo. Uh, I'm curious to see actually what it is over on over on ESPN. I bet it's way higher who's still rostered here. Well, 65% on Yahoo. Or Jesus, 65 on ESPN, 49 on Yahoo. Every single one of those leagues needs to drop him. Maybe 5%, 10% of leagues are inactive. Maybe, who knows? Get him the hell out of here. Let's talk about the matchup of the day now. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, it's been talked about quite a bit who the matchup of the day is going to be already. It's not often that you have a late or mid to late August matchup with two pitchers who are both have a sub-2 ERA. Now, this is likely the one and two in the American League Cy Young voting here. Justin Verlander and Dylan Cease. This is one of the most 
you know, I say, you know, pretty much every day, oh, this game you should tune into, this game pretty close to must-watch, whatever. This game right here, oh, all the games this whole season is a top three or five must-watch game, I think. It might even be number one to this point. This is going to have some Cy Young implications here. People are going to remember, the voters are going to remember between these two guys, because Shane McClanahan is kind of unfortunately, I think, out of the mix. Uh, as awful as it is, I think that he's probably a distant third right now. He'll still finish in that top five, probably finish third, I think, in Cy Young voting. But I think it's down to Verlander and Cease. And these guys are just so dominant recently, especially Cease. But, I mean, Verlander, too. It's hard to say, oh, well, this one won't. No, they're both just fantastic. I, I don't need to really even say, oh, over his last two, like, just give you all those kind of little stats. No. You guys know what this is, I think. This really, I think, will have a lot of Cy Young implications. If one of these guys has a total shitter tonight and gives up seven, eight runs or something, I think the other one is going to walk away with the Cy Young Award. I don't expect that to happen. I'd be going heavy on the under in this game, personally. It's, it's seven, the over-under set at seven. I'd be smashing under. I think this game is going to be a one nothing, 2 nothing, 2-1 kind of game here. And it's, like I said, I, you could just go on and on and on, uh, just, you know, superlatives about these two guys they're arguably the two best pitchers right now in baseball you should have your eyes glued to the tv and if you can't be there for whatever reason try and record it or do something and watch it back later it should be like i say here pretty often a lot of fun if one of these guys has a horrible night i think the other one is winning the cy young award i might be too simple but voters have these narratives in their heads sometimes and that's all it takes so we will see what happens. Otherwise, uh, for matchups, we have Taiwan Walker and Charlie Morton, which I think is pretty decent. Not That's not bad. We got Jeffrey Springs and Nestor Cortez, Sean Manaya and Edward Cabrera. Not really so much going on otherwise, which is good because you want to be uh, able to watch this verlander Cease matchup. 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. Guys, that's going to do it for me today. I'd really appreciate you hitting the five-star button or leaving some kind of positive comment review on the show, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, however it is that you absorb this content, a five-star review would go a long way. We are about to head into the off-season, which I will still be doing shows. There will still be a show every single weekday, but viewership will drop off as the season ends. It's totally understandable, but I hope that we can get a few of you guys who are enjoying the show, or maybe you just want to help me out, hit the five-star button. Subscribe to the show is also very important because you guys will continue to download it in the off-season. Watch it here and there. We'll still be bringing on guests and all the rest of it. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more of, uh, you know, adding on before we start subtracting for the offseason. That will do it for me. Hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. All of my fantasy baseball content is over there. Thumbs up, guys. We'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones 
who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.